Governor Kathy Hochul won't be delivering her next budget proposal until January, but her administration has already begun the process of crafting their spending plan. So we wanted to check in on New York's finances with State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli, whose office recently analyzed the state's updated financial plan from June. Welcome back to the show, Comptroller. Dave, it's always great to be back with you. It's our pleasure to hear from you. Well, the financial plan released in June by the Division of Budget projects a $9 billion hole that will need to be addressed in the fiscal year that begins April of 2024. This forecast comes in the wake of competing indicators, though. So first off, do you think the updated doom and gloom in the financial plan is appropriate, or is there a sky-is-falling negotiating tactic that we've just seen from past governors? I think it's accurate where we stand today. Of course, it could always change for the better, could change for the worse. I think what it reflects is the fact that some of our significant revenue sources, particularly personal income tax, is down compared to previous years. Much of that had been anticipated. But even with the updated projections uh, on personal income tax, we're still falling short. Keep in mind, you know, when we talk about the state budget and, and the financial plan, right, the budget is adopted and then there are updates, you know, division of budget updates as to where we're at. And and so the projections have been lowered. Uh, so we're in, you know, pretty much in line with projections, even though there's a, a weakness in the personal income tax. But, you know, compared to where we were uh, a year ago, uh, so just looking at personal income tax, which is the, the biggest revenue source for the state, you know, we're $7 billion lower than we were a year ago. Again, much of that anticipated. But the fact that we're coming in even below the updated projections is a real concern. And and there are so many conflicting data points out there, right? Dave, how many economists have been projecting, you know, we're going to have a recession? I mean, for how many months, if not longer than that, hasn't happened yet. So, you know, hiring is still happening. Uh, inflation is, is coming down. I mean, it's not, not where we want to be. Interest rates, you know, may be seeing what the Fed is going to do moving forward. Uh, people are still spending money, although the uh, sales tax growth is not as high as it had been. So there's still uh, a fair amount of contradictory data points in the economy, uncertainty, and I think a lot of concern. So I I think that $9 billion figure is a realistic one for the year gap. Keep in mind, the projection is that the, that gap will grow uh, to close to $14 billion in the year after that. So I think there's reason to be concerned. The current budget also made significant spending commitments, including for some, you know, some uh, newer programs. So, as we always say, what are we doing to align recurring revenue with recurring spending? That's going to be a challenge when we head into next year's budget process, which is really just around the corner. Well, in response to this forecast from the Division of Budget, you put out a statement saying that the state needs to take a quote-unquote proactive approach. So, does that mean doing something before the adoption of next year's budget? For example, should the current year's taxing and spending plan be amended? Well, I would say this. You know, the legislature and the governor, in in the context of a time where the picture looked a lot better, made some very important investments, spending commitments in areas that I think New Yorkers would would agree are, are a priority. Education, health care, uh, more money for mental health than we've seen in a long period of time, uh, and other important programs that I think you know there's a lot of support out there. Keep in mind, the other piece of what was done in this year's budget, b- building on some steps that were taken even prior to, to this year's budget, which I applaud because we'd been recommending it for, for a long period of time, 
is that the state has significantly built up our reserve funds. Uh, so, you know, now we're, we're talking about, you know, $19.5 billion in reserve. So that, that's a healthier balance than we've had in a long time. So I, I would say to you in the short run, if let's say this recession does happen and revenues fall off even more significantly than they have already, do we have the money to keep the current spending commitments in place? Absolutely. So I don't think it's a question of, of changing this year's budget, but I do think it means we need to monitor for the balance of this fiscal year, budget year, very carefully spending in revenue. And we should keep in mind that reserves are not meant just to plug budget holes on an ongoing basis. It's really meant to be there if there's an emergency. Uh, so I think, you know, we should not substitute the healthier reserves we have for the kind of fiscal discipline that, um, as I said, aligns recurring spending with recurring revenue. So what I think it means, at least where we stand now, this year's budget will hold together. But going into next year, we're really going to have to make, I think, some tougher choices on spending and revenue. Well, I want to talk about the rainy day funds, but one last question on the idea of a proactive response. Do you think it would make sense to have lawmakers, say, return prior to the end of the calendar year to implement some prospective tax increases to address those recurring spending increases that the state is planning on investing in? Well, I mean, they have multiple choices, right? Um, putting aside the timing question, I'll get back to that. But to align recurring revenue recurring spending, you either cut the spending, raise the taxes or other revenue sources, uh, or you uh, go into debt, you borrow. Cutting programs is usually unpopular, especially in the election year. So what tends to happen is uh, there might be some revenue raisers. And then we too often in the past have gone into debt. You know, New York has, has one of the highest debt burdens uh, in the country. So I would say, first of all, uh, going into debt uh, to fund current programs, probably not the smartest strategy. There's certainly a debate whenever you do a revenue raiser, be it a tax or a fee, as to who, whose ox is being gored. And, you know, we do have an issue of taxpayer migration, uh, and we are losing more people at the upper end. At a certain point, you have to be you know, concerned about that, you know, so I do think a piece of this that needs to be looked at more carefully is the spending side. You know, are we spending the money in in the best way possible? Uh, and do we have to do some belt tightening? Now, again, in terms of timing, you know, I, I think this year's, you know, updated financial plan, updated numbers seem to be holding together. And we do have, if, if there is a shortfall, enough in the reserves, especially those informal reserves. And I've been somewhat critical of this. We have that 19 and a half billion total reserves. I would like to see more of that placed into the restricted reserves, the statutory reserves. But, you know, certainly having the flexibility that, you know, the, the executive has now with these informal reserves. I, at where we stand today, right, over the summer, I, I don't see a need uh, for the legislature to come back and do any changes. You know, talk to me in the fall. What you know, if if this economy goes in the wrong direction, uh, that might be a different question. Again, I think the bigger issue is as the governor starts to prepare the budget, and of course, in I guess around November, the quick start process is supposed to begin, where the legislation, the governor, and the controls office puts out, you know, revenue and spending estimates. I think that's where you're going to see a different perspective on next year's budget than we had on this year's budget. 
You mentioned that in an election year, like what we're heading into, that state policymakers are loath to cut spending, let alone just try to control the growth of spending. And then you have the idea that Governor Hochul really has no inclination to increase taxes. So given those political realities in Albany, how much of those rainy day funds are you comfortable with the state investing towards that $9 billion budget gap that we're likely to see or, or, or could see for April uh, of 2024. Is there an amount that you're okay investing or does it require an actual plan before you say, yeah, that, that makes sense. This isn't a waste of money or a, a bad response to systemic issues. There'll always be a plan whenever you dip in reserves to replenish them, first of all. But I really think the main purpose of the reserves should be, you know, for uh, a real emergency. You know, let's say we go into a severe uh, recession. God forbid we have another recurrence of, uh, of you know, COVID pandemic. I mean, that that's really what uh, the reserves, you know, should be should be best used for. In the short run, if there is a shortfall, you know, some of those informal reserves can certainly be used just to get us through. But, you know, I think the challenge that we have is not to use the reserves as, a, as an excuse not to deal with the question of really being sure that we're spending appropriately, first and foremost. Uh, so I, I would not. Look, we've been so behind in building up reserves. I don't think we should rush to spend them down now that we finally have them. We're, you know, we're probably not where we should be, right? We should probably have a more, more thought out plan to build up the reserves even more. And as I say, put them in into statutory restricted uh, accounts rather than just be there kind of, you know, uh, for, you know, for float. The picture isn't dire right now, but you have to be concerned when you have out your budget gaps in this financial plan. You know, that total, you know, over $36 billion. So even if you use all those reserves, won't cover that. So very clearly, we have to make some other choices about spending and revenue, uh, you know, beyond just talking about the reserves. Are there opportunities that you see to control the planned increases in spending in a meaningful way that could result in systemic change that could close some of these gaps? There was an assumption that Medicaid rolls would go down, and obviously the Medicaid costs are significant. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening as projected right now. So Medicaid is always a complicated issue to look at, but uh, I think the opportunity needs to be there. You know, we, we, we do audits all the time showing money that can be better spent as far as uh, that piece of the health care budget. So given that it's such a high-cost area, I certainly would, you know, would would talk about that area in terms of spending that wasn't fully anticipated when the budget was done we all know what the headlines are telling us uh, the issue of of migrants uh, that not just for new york city but you know for new york state as well and except the new york state wants to try to help new york city that's an expense that really wasn't accounted for so you know part of this i think it does get back to working together uh with new york city to press the federal government to help us with those expenses. So uh, I think that would be another piece that I think would be important for us to focus on. Well, we've been speaking with State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli. Comptroller, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Dave, I hope you're having a good summer and I look forward to chatting with you again.
Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.